0: Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here once again with Ryan Ebling. This year's award season has already begun with the Golden Globes doling out the first of the major awards, and as expected, La La Land is looking like a frontrunner, having won several Golden Globes including Best Director for Damien Chazelle and Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Since La La Land is a throwback to classic Hollywood musicals, we decided to revisit one of the most revered Hollywood musicals in the movie Chazelle pays homage to in La La Land,
1: Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain was a huge hit at the time, though it only earned two Oscar nominations, one for supporting actress Gene Hagen and one for its score. History has been much kinder to the film, with the American Film Institute naming it the number one movie musical and the fifth best movie of all time. Its songs and dance numbers have become iconic, and filmmakers of all stripes cite it as a strong influence. But has time been kind to the spectacle of Singing in the Rain? Or is it true what they say, if you've seen one, you've seen them all? Keep listening.
2: Such a freak at this studio. I told you talking pictures were a menace, but no one would listen to me. Don, we're going to put our best feet forward. We're going to make the dueling cavalier into a talking picture. Talking picture? Well, that means I'm out of a job. At last, I can start suffering and write that symphony. You're not out of a job. We're putting you in as head of the new music department. Well, thanks, R. F. At last, I can stop suffering and write that symphony. Now, wait a second, Mr. Simpson. Talking pictures. I think you should Every and... studio is jumping on the bandwagon, Dexter. All the theaters are putting in sound equipment. We don't want to be left out of it. Well, we don't know anything about this gadget. What do you have to know? It's a picture. You do what you always did. You just add talking to it. Yeah? Don, believe me, it will be a <laughs> sensation. Lamont and Lockwood, they talk. Well, of course. We talk, don't everybody?
1: So that is the head of the studio telling them that they've got to transition from silent pictures to talking pictures, the talkies. The talkies, yeah, they're here, a, a new era. I've heard, I've heard. Now that I think about it, I've seen several talkies, right?
0: Um, I don't think I could ever go back after seeing them.
1: No, it's a watershed moment, and it's it's tough to to not hear people talk once right. you've heard them talk exactly. Um but that is basically the central conflict of the movie. How do they uh transition from uh silent pictures to talking pictures and yeah, it's pretty much uh the the setup for all the singing and dancing. Yeah, and then <laughs> everybody sings thing. and dances, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Um which the so what they're talking about, that was actually a big problem for some silent film stars. They, oh, yeah. had, they had terrible voices. So, Not all uh, of
0: them transitioned very well.
1: Right. Killed killed a few careers. Um but I guess that's as much plot as you can say this movie has. Yeah.
0: So we, we talked a little bit in the intro about why we are talking about singing in the rain. It's yeah. not like it's an anniversary. No. Although, now here's the thing. We announced this movie yeah. way back in our Die Hard episode, which was recorded you know, weeks before Christmas. Yeah, m- about a month ago.
1: Yeah. We had no clue of course. what was going to happen. No. And, and so, unfortunately, there's another tie-in. Um, Debbie Reynolds passed away. The day after Carrie Fisher, her daughter passed away, or two days after day or two days. Um, um. So in near the end of December, obviously we had no idea that that was going to be happening, but it did. Um. I, I think it sent a lot of people back to this movie, um, right? So
0: and and I you know rewatching it for this episode, there's no way now to to rewatch it and not kind of have that in your mind yeah. as you're watching it. So. Yeah,
1: because this is one of her first movies, if not her first movie. First movie. She was 19. Yeah. Um, when she made this. So we'll definitely talk more about her performance, I'm sure, as we uh, discuss this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, the movie, on top of having a tie-in with La La Land, has become more relevant, sadly. But the the big thing we were kind of looking for when we watched this movie was the idea of the movie musical and um, how this sort of has set the tone for a few things to come after it. Um, obviously, it wasn't the first movie musical, but it is one that has been extremely influential, and it's the one who stood that stood the test of time, like I said the a f i called it the fifth right you yeah. know, best movie yeah. of all time uh in their top one hundred list in two thousand and seven so uh on top of having la la land kind of in the the discussion now, right. it's just one that I don't think it ever hurts to go back and no, see it's kind of like uh it's always
0: going to be mentioned when you're talking about classic American cinema mm-hmm. really we Predicted that La La Land was going to remain a talking point, you know, even though mm-hmm. it's been released. It was released before Christmas. Right. Like well mm-hmm. before Christmas. But, it, you know, it did just recently win quite a few Golden Globe Awards. Yeah. Did it uh, kinda, win all seven yeah, that it was nominated a lot. for? Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, um, I Emma Stone did. won. It, Ryan Gosling won. I think, won, she, won yeah. I think it won for the score. I think it won for the song.
0: Right. So um, certainly a lot more people are seeing that movie. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's, uh, I I actually did have a chance to see it last night. You Mm -hmm. you still have not seen seen it, it, but I'm sure you'll, you know. Yeah, I'll make it a priority. But it it was an interesting exercise to watch the two back to back. Because I literally watched Scene in the Rain the night before I uh, watched La La Land. So Mm. it'll be good to kind of talk about comparing the two. And, you know, in the Golden Globes, Chazelle talked a lot about it being such a risky thing to make La La Land. Yeah. Like how it was such a mm-hmm. risk and all these Lionsgate putting up the risk yeah. to to make this movie. And so it's interesting to think that you have Sing in the Rain, which is considered like everyone loves it and it's like a classic. And yet to make a
1: movie like that now right. is such a it's, risk. Yeah. It's,
0: and so why is that? You know, I think we can yeah. definitely talk about that a little bit. Yeah,
1: um, I think I, I'm sure we will. Um, so let's, since we've, we've got so much that we want to talk about it, about the movie, let's get our preliminary stuff out of the way. Let's talk about first time we saw it, initial rating. Um, and if we've re-rated it, I, I don't have like a big story about seeing Singing in the Rain the first time. No, I, I was, don't. I mean, we say this all the time. It was one that I felt like I had to see. Yeah. I hadn't seen it. So I watched it. I can't tell you how many years ago that was. I was pathetically late to the game. Oh, definitely. Singing in the Rain. Right, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's, was, it's it's it wasn't a part of my childhood. No, it's it's strange how big a part of my life movies are, but how few movies I saw growing up. Right. Um, I think I just saw the same movies over and over and over again. Um, and then that just kind of got me into movies in general. And it was there was just this big explosion at the end of high school and college where I just saw everything.
0: Right. I I saw Singing in the Rain for the first time. Um, after college. I think it was probably after college for My me first too. exposure to Singing in the Rain was in the film class we yes. took together mm-hmm. uh, where uh, our professor in um, our film class mm-hmm. showed the uh, clip where there's the audio malfunctions because the audio isn't syncing up well with the silent film and mm-hmm. shows a lot of the comedy. In the movie, it's comedy, but also he was actually showing it In that class, as an example of
1: like the sort of the problems people had, the problems people have had uh, going into sound. I do the same thing in my film class when I teach about the transition to sound. I show that scene. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's probably you're 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 exposing your students
1: to, you know, a
0: classic in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first exposure at all to Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And um, I can tell you what made me. I, I knew I had to fill in that gap after I graduated college, but what made me actually pick it up and sit down and watch it was I worked at the library mm-hmm. and I worked in the AV department at the library and there was a time where everyone working there was going around and talking about their all-time favorite movie and um, you know I, I think I might have mentioned this before if if I get forced to answer that question I always say the Big Lebowski right um, Evan who was on our last episode mm-hmm. was there and when he was forced to answer he said Princess Bride I remember that <laughs> and, I, and I remember um, there was just this woman we worked with, you know, she was, um, she retired pretty closely or pretty soon after we worked there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She watched movies, but she wasn't like a, you would, she wouldn't call herself a film buff. buff. Sure, But she said uh, her favorite film was Singing in the Rain and it just sounded like the best choice. Like she won upped all of us, even though I had never <sighs> yeah. seen it. It just sounded like such a, like your, a, your
1: choice was just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like,
0: really? And she's like, oh, it's just such a lovely film and I've seen it so many times and. Um, she's like, I just can't think of a better film than that. And I was like, okay.
1: And I watched it and,
0: but I think if you're in that stage where you're just filling in a lot of gaps, you see so many amazing movies that it's almost sometimes you overlook how amazing a movie is when you see it. Like it's just sort of one in a bunch. Right. And so I gave it four stars on Letterboxd the first Hmm. time I watched it and I liked it uh,
1: a lot. Uh I enjoyed a lot of it, but, um, I kind of just watched it and forgot about it. I can't even envision where I was when I saw it, if I was at my parents' house, my one of my apartments after college, I have no idea, but I've seen it, and I remember elements of it really sticking with me um but i actually I rated it a four and a half, which is kind of funny because I feel like I didn't remember it very well before we <laughs> before I rewatched it um so did it change on a rewatch? You sound like four wasn't doing it justice uh yeah, and I
0: remember us talking before we actually rewatched this movie, and I was telling you how like before we watching it, my perception was that this was like a really long movie. Yeah. And it's I, not really. And I was getting ready to like settle in for like an epic, you yeah, know, or yeah, like a yeah. long musical. Something with an intermission and <laughs> yeah. change the disc or something. <laughs> my memory of this movie was just very odd. So anyways, you know, after rewatching watching it now, um, yeah, I, you know, this is a five-star movie for me. Okay. I don't know what it was about the first time I watched it, but this mm. time around, I'm like, I just can't imagine not loving this movie, mm. you know?
1: I don't know. It's certainly a five-star movie for me at okay. this point. Uh. It's interesting. It felt longer this time for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure why, um, but I'm I'm very interested to talk to you. So I'm gonna hold off on changing my rating. I'm was gonna it gonna to be it lower? A, uh, I was toying with the idea of going to four, because four and a half is still really it's, good. No, I know, and four is not bad by any means. But, no. Yeah. Um. So I'm actually gonna, for the first time ever, and can we still be friends? History. I'm gonna hold off on rating it. A Can second you do time. that? Can you? Can we? We're looking. I'm. I'm seeing nods. I've got two nods out of the four whoa, judges, which whoa. is a really bad. Why do we have an even number of? Oh, Gary's at home. Well, we'll let it be. The judges have
0: spoken, so I guess we'll just well, have to. Nodded. So what does that mean, no, though? I mean that to speak. it puts a, it puts the conversation in a weird spot. Like, do I have to kind of like
1: uh <laughs> no, like, the, like uh, defend this or uh, no, not at all. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm okay. saying. I, I just feel like there are probably things that I have overlooked, or I watched with uh, tiredness sure. when I watch this. That I'm feeling, yeah. Like you I, do, 48
0: I, episodes of this thing, and sometimes you just got to get it in and try yeah, to record. Yes, so <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that's pretty pretty much the case for Singing in the Rain this time. So um, yeah, I'm I'm holding off just because I feel like I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I just can't really based on my my viewing last night, uh, honestly say what I think about all the elements that I experienced. So, let's get into it then. So, let's start.
0: Neither one of us thinks this is like a bad movie. No. What I thought would be an interesting question to ask, to throw out, uh, because I was trying to think of how to make this not a boring episode, and also an episode Uh. where... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a, boring never episode, that a boring episode where we just talk about how much we love singing the rain sure the other thing about this movie in particular is it's such a classic that i don't it's going to be hard for how us to even say something that hasn't already been said better yeah. by like an esteemed film critic or film scholar you know right. so i think it's more just going to be about talking about our personal experience with it sure. and, and so my question i kind of want to throw out is you know if you do like this movie if you had to nail down one what is your favorite part about what's your favorite moment in this movie it still make him laugh is it yeah yeah it's so hard to uh not just be blown away in so many ways by that yeah. performance
1: it's got everything in that like in the in those like 3 minutes whatever yes. it is he does everything like he's super funny he's super physical and and within that physicality there's like 15 different things he's doing you don't doing. even
0: have time to respond to everything no, he
1: does because there are times where it's like just slapstick he's just hurting himself funny. And there's times where he floats. It goes from some of the most graceful actions you've ever seen to some of the most acrobatic. Acrobatic, yeah. To, like, some of the base level, like, a guy fell on the floor in a funny way.
0: Yeah. Um, And then even the sort of rubberized, like, Jim Carrey facial facial expressions. expressions,
1: Yeah. And the wordplay, just the wordplay. Like, it's a funny, funny song. And the fact that he's singing and there's times where you can like hear him like not be able to sing because of what he's doing (laughs) Then add to that the story that Donald O'Connor was pretty much laid up for three or four days after, after that, that. Yeah. And then uh an accident ruined the, the film. So he had to hold to thing? Do it again. <laughs> um, I remember that, yeah.
0: Something about how someone didn't check the aperture on yeah. the camera, so he had to redo the whole thing. Yeah, and so he did. Make him laugh still still, just blows me away. Just the way it starts with him jumping up on that piano that way.
1: I like watch that. How does that, he do that? I don't know. And how does he do And there's even like a little moment where he just kind of skips over a, a pole. like It's kind of like a support for a door. Yeah. He puts his hand on it and skips over it. But you don't like see the mechanics of his jump. He just kind of floats over right. it because... The muscle control of Donald O'Connor—that like he must be so strong. Yeah, just like it's athletic his performance. Right. Yeah, um, oh, well,
0: and so much of the dancing and singing in the rain is. Yeah, uh, even when you don't think it is. One of the best things I did watching this movie was watch try to dance along with it yeah, yeah just try it
1: yeah you'll see i did yeah i mean i got through it and i got most of the stuff but my tap is just a little rusty
0: really well there's a bonus feature on the blu-ray where it's just a bunch of other choreographers talking about singing in the rain mm-hmm. and when they point out the parts that are impressive to them you're like wow slight quick detour from make em laugh there's that there's the love song between debbie reynolds and and uh Gene Kelly in this on the soundstage. It's the 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 song "You Were Meant for Me." There's a scene where he kind of lifts her yep. up off the ladder, mm-hmm. and she does a slight little flex in her muscles that you barely even notice, but it's basically what lets her seem airless, yeah, uh, or light. You She's know? got
1: her arms around his yes. neck, and yeah. he's holding her. I actually did notice. Did that. you? <laughs> I was watching it because I've done musical theater before, and I've had to do lifts before, and it's so hard lifting yeah. another human yeah. being is really really difficult, and he just like eases her down. Right. Like it looks so easy. And she looks I light as a notice, feather. And I it's, did notice yeah. she is like tensing her arms, but it's all her, you know, and that's the thing. I've got a dance been, background. Right. So <laughs> of I, course,
0: of course. Yeah. And I'm glad that you were able to bring that into the podcast today. I was. So. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, doesn't happen enough. But, but going back to make them laugh, so I showed my three year old boys, uh, yeah. A couple of the dance sequences, they didn't care for really any of them. But make them laugh, they watched five times in a row. Wow! They just kept saying, "Do it again, do it again," oh, and they man. laughed harder and harder each time. After he's uh, dancing with the, you know, dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they fall off the couch. They <laughs> he just they thought that was like the funniest thing ever. And then that's when he just starts falling like crazy. Right. And just like they just they just couldn't stop laughing.
1: Stuff. Yeah. Uh, So is there a a moment or a scene or an aspect for you that really?
0: Yeah, you know, um, my favorite moment, and it's nothing super impressive, but I just love the very, very, very beginning of Gene Kelly's Singing in the Rain. Like Mm. when he's walking out and he's sort of like, you know, just so happy because he's Mm -hmm. obviously falling in love. And I love how it transitions into that song with mm-hmm. just a little melody and him just kind of going i doo Do doo Do
2: you in the rain. What a glorious feel and I'm happy
0: again. You know, there's not many times where I think I could really pinpoint like that's like movie magic. The fact that there's really not anything when on the face of it that's that special going on right, right. there, but there's something about everything in it, like yeah. the way he's walking, the setting.
1: His the smile on his face, yeah. like the way he acts it. That's something I noticed this time a lot more is that Gene Kelly was a great performer, yeah, apparently a horrible person to work with, but a great performer, because I never would have guessed that right him. but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about that very beginning,
0: but I mean that whole sequence is great, yeah, don't get me wrong,
1: and apparently improvised by Gene Kelly,
0: the whole thing, yeah, really they I had didn't know that. they
1: had where he was going to enter and where he was going to exit
0: that whole sequence to me is it just seems like you're watching something special and it, it could it could exist completely on its own like as a short film Definitely. and it would just be great there's that first moment that i really love but i also love the very end you know this is like the signature number this is the song singing in the rain mm-hmm. and instead of going huge with like a big number yeah it's just him first of all but second of all the ending, the actual, like, sort of, I guess if you would call it the climax, is really just him splashing around in puddles like a kid. Like, it's yeah. nothing huge. He's not even doing anything terribly impressive dance-wise in that moment. There yeah. are other moments in there where he certainly is, but, right. like, it just ends with him splashing around like a kid in yeah. puddles. Yeah. and Just being joyful. Yeah, exactly. It, it just fits so and well. I, I love you know? that
1: it ends quietly, too. It just yeah. ends in that sort of, with the same, just like it begins. Right.
0: Um, we were both talking off the mic about how we listened to Damien Chazelle, the director of La La Land. Mm-hmm. We listened to his interview on NPR talking about making La La Land. And, and I remember him saying in that interview that one of the hardest things about musicals is figuring out how to transition into a yeah. song. And that's also, like he kind of, right. It. <laughs> I was like, that's just such a perfect example of how to do it the very right way. Mm-hmm. But then also thinking about La La Land and what Damien Chazelle was kind of really trying to do with that movie and making it a film musical, not just a musical put to film. Mm -hmm. Um, You see that in that Scene in the Rain too, where you see like that this is a dance routine that works best on camera because Mm -hmm. the camera almost dances with him. Mm -hmm. Like it's sort of glides along with him through a lot of it and then there's like the best shot where it's like a big crane kind of shot Mm -hmm. where it kind of zooms out and around the whole street sort of right well where it needs to like it's right up on him and then when it needs to it just kind of comes out it's like the camera in conjunction with his dancing is what makes that scene work yeah
1: yeah yeah it's it's his partner almost in that scene
0: right and it's mostly I don't think it was all done in one take, but it's a lot of long takes. Yes. So it's not like like when we talked about Moulin Rouge, which mm-hmm. we both love that movie, but the way it's shooting a lot of that is a lot of like multi-camera stuff yeah. so that it can cut where it needs to. Yeah. And here it's just it's making use of the camera, but it's also showing you that these these are performers mm-hmm. and they are performing this mm-hmm. entire thing. You know?
1: Yeah. And a lot of times I think when you see musicals that use the one Uh, like a long take when it's done lazily it's like this could have just been on a stage stage, like there wasn't a reason for this you just filmed the stage performance um and i almost think that the fast cutting is like making a case like you couldn't do this on a stage right right um but you're right like you can still do a long take very stage-ish sort of dancing but use the camera in a way Um, everything you've said. I'm just repeating you. But
0: they do it in every song. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. look at, like, uh, Moses Supposes, it starts uh, with them kind of by a window with the curtains, Mm -hmm. and then it moves over on the other side of the room to Mm -hmm. a desk, and Mm -hmm. then I think it goes back there. But, like, the camera is just moving around with them. Mm -hmm. They're using the entire room, which I know was kind of one of Gene Kelly's things in choreography, is always trying to use what was in the room as props, which, of course, you see in, like, Good Morning.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean... That scene where they go from one couch to the other, yeah, like that's all they're doing. But it's such a, such a rush when all of a sudden they're like moving and the camera's moving with them and yeah. then it like zooms back over the couch and you're like, oh, that couch is there? And like I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 such a weird thing. But like all that happened in that one shot that I'm talking about in Good Morning, where they they on a couch and then the camera like zo- moves back and mm-hmm. they're like coming at the camera for some reason when i see the couch there i don't know there was something about it that no I, was like, I know what you Whoa. mean and what i love about that scene
0: in particular in good morning is my memory of it of course is that they end just sort of plopping down on the couch yeah and i kind of forgot that there's a couch that they sort of do they jump over it or something? Well, they kind of like there's two couches on it
1: and it like they flip it
0: that's the one that they land on yeah but there's a couch before that mm-hmm. that they sort of do something on yeah it's just an interesting sort of twist i guess Right. like the, the couch that they plop down on is actually the couch that fell over you right know, like and they're yeah. sitting on the back of the couch <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah I, yeah i don't know why this time i was just like all, all that happened is the couch comes into frame and i was just like whoa yeah <laughs> like, it was but isn't know. that
0: i mean that's what what can be great about you know dance numbers in in movies but also but especially in Singing in the rain is that like the ordinary becomes very extraordinary so like them walking up and down stairs is just like the most amazing thing you've ever seen Mm -hmm. in good morning the way that they walk up those stairs Mm -hmm. and in a way where it's like again they make it look so effortless they just float that especially those top two stairs going up them they kind of do a little swinging action where it's almost like how did they even get up like Mm -hmm. how did they get up those two stairs like Mm -hmm. what did i just see right Right. right
1: Well, it's like we were talking about Donald O'Connor jumping up on the piano. Yeah. Like, I imagine myself doing that, and I'm like, there's no way the piano doesn't <laughs> fall over. There's no way that, like,
0: you don't fall over it and break your neck, right. and then there's like a bad dissident piano note that just yeah, sort of gets played. Right. I'm kind yeah. of laughing thinking of it right now, actually. It's, it could be funny. Be funny in its it own would right. make them yeah. laugh. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and I was thinking, like, there aren't people like Donald O'Connor or, or Gene Kelly anymore. Maybe on stage, I'm just very out of that world. Sure, so sure, I don't know. sure, sure, sure. On stage, I'm sure there are, but dancers aren't stars. True. Especially male dancers are not stars in Hollywood. Even like the beginning, the Fit is a Fiddle song, mm-hmm. where they're supposed to be kind of hack performers. Yeah. It's still unbelievable. Right. <laughs> um, I think that's probably what Damien Chazelle was talking about when he said, like, taking a risk because a leading actor who has to dance and like. Sure. Um he actually said something I thought was interesting that reminds me of something you said where, how like singing in the rain could be a short film. Um he, the song singing in the rain you mean. The the, the, sequence, like the sequence the yeah. sequence yeah. yeah. Um because he was he got his start in experimental cinema and he looked at musicals and he's like musicals are big budget experimental films. Like you're just trying to evoke things and you're doing things. People are doing things in musicals that people wouldn't do in a movie that had no singing. Right, in it. right. And um I think the 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 best movie musicals do have that avant-garde, what am I even seeing, um, sort of element to them. Mm-hmm. And this has it all over the place. Mainly for me, although partly filmmaking, but mainly in the choreography and mainly in the way that they move and dance. Which, Debbie Reynolds didn't have any dance That's insane. When she started this movie. Right. And to
0: see her do Good Morning mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Donald, Ocon- Donald O'Connor. That's a tough name. to is. say. It is. I keep wanting to say Donald O'Connell. Uh, me too. <laughs> but it's not. Donnie O'Connor okay with daniel khan uh-huh. and gene kelly these two like super and the Keeping fact that she, with them. the fact that she does it and if you didn't know that as trivia right that she wasn't a dancer there's no way you would mm-hmm. look at that and say oh she must not be a dancer yeah you know? like there's no way she, she just she just completely pulls it off and again mm-hmm. that sequence has just the same type of long takes as mm-hmm. gene kelly doing singing in the singing in the rain so right. she had to actually pull it off it couldn't be sort of hidden behind cuts and you know yeah uh maybe bringing in a stunt person to do a close-up of the feet and you know
1: yeah and i mean she was in between those two so if she was missing anything you it would be very apparent
0: now here's what i thought though about that is I, i i i was thinking it's incredible that she was able to convincingly pull that off But it also is sort
1: of... It shows how easy it is. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You you put enough time into it and you can do anything. That's fine. Yeah. 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 It's not as (laughs) impressive as we're making
0: it out to be. (laughs) Um, I agree. But one thing I thought about was it almost makes sense that casting-wise, they would pick someone who didn't have dance experience uh, because she just seems like one of them in that scene. And I don't know how easy that would be to pull off mm-hmm. if you... Because if if you look at the, the Broadway melody with Sid Charisse, you know, a very accomplished dancer and ballerina. Mm-hmm. And that, that sequence is great for its own reasons. But can you imagine Sid, Sid Charisse doing that Good Morning sequence? It just doesn't yeah, seem... No. like Because in that sequence, Debbie Reynolds character wise yeah, and yeah, yeah. as an actress just seems like one of the guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think it's because Gene Kelly was able to kind of sculpt and shape her as a dancer. Exactly what he needed for yeah. that scene. He, she didn't have all that sort of apparently experience. not very gently. No, no, <laughs> no. Apparently it was uh, made her cry every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but you're right. There's the, that works because of the camaraderie. Right. More than the technical, even though the technical is great. And um, Tremendously it's like a it's, impressive. It's, it's, it's sort of it's a combination, but that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and let's talk about Debbie Reynolds for a little bit now. Um to be honest, I've not seen all that much uh of her work. I think this is the
0: only movie I've seen of hers. That maybe.
1: Um so I certainly we are not the ones to uh to do her career and her abilities justice, but we we can talk about this movie and I I was uh I was struck this time especially by just how magnetic she is from the first time you see her. Mm -hmm. There's something about her that is so expressive and welcoming, and to me, I don't know who else it could be, that it's so believable that he falls in love with her after a brief car ride.
2: Uh, Mr. Lockwood, I really can't tell you how sorry I am about taking you for a criminal before, but it was understandable under the circumstances. I knew I'd seen you. Which of my pictures have you seen? I don't remember. I saw one once. You saw one once? Yes, I think you were dueling, and there was a girl, Lena Lamont. No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh, thank you. Oh, no offense. Movies are entertaining enough for the masses, but the personalities on the screen just don't impress me.
0: I mean, they don't talk, they don't act, they just make a lot of dumb show. Well, you know, like
2: that. You mean like what I do? Well, yes. Here we are, sunset in
0: Camden.
1: The way she banters with him, I don't know. There's just something so genuine about her vivacity.
0: It's a it's a tricky combo in that scene because you're talking about when he drops, he literally drops into her car, right? you know, because uh, he's trying to get away from... All fans, his fans. Yeah. you get everything about her character in that mm-hmm. scene i think she comes off as someone who i think is so magnetic and who you immediately as a viewer are attracted to mm-hmm. she just seems like a very kind and generous person but mm-hmm. also very independent thinking yes. like also a person who uh, isn't really swayed much by whatever charms don lockwood thinks he just inherently has mm-hmm. you know Part of it's in the dialogue, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is just in the way she sells that dialogue mm-hmm. with her facial expressions, and and part of it also I think is that she's the driver, like yeah. she's the one who's in control yeah. in that scene. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. A lot of it could be attributed to good screenwriting, but Debbie Reynolds is what what makes that character and carries it through the rest of the movie because Absolutely. the other just memorable moment that floored me because it's so classic Hollywood, but she pulls it off in a way that is so timeless is that. Close up of her as she's sort of leaving the theater at the very, very end. And he's mm-hmm. like, Stop that woman, you know, and it just zooms in right into her face. And it's just, she's very heartbroken in that mm-hmm. moment. And she, there's a lot going on where she's realizing a lot in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then you also just get that classic Hollywood, like, this is like a star, yeah. you know? And there's a lot being said in that too, because it's a movie about movies. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, This is the shot. This is like the Hollywood shot. Mm-hmm. But it feels so much more real yeah. than any other time it's ever been done. She you know,
1: gives this tremendously complex performance for a character who shouldn't necessarily be so complex because it's a it's a bit of a stock character. The like the young struggling starlet, Str- yeah, want be actress, but
0: very much she's basically the Emma Stone character could, in La La Land. Yeah. You
1: know, who could have been played a lot less independent than she she is. Um, you get the sense that she could take or leave Don Right at the beginning. Right. But then you also get the sense that she really does love him, but she doesn't necessarily love him for anything other than who she knows he can be. Right. And she is trusting, mm-hmm.
0: but still not gullible.
1: No. You know? She's like, tremendously strong.
0: Yes. And even to the point where when she knows she's sort of been taken advantage of, there's that at the very end when they basically said, "You're you're going to go back there and you're going to sing, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously, as a viewer, you kind of get the idea that something else is going on. But from her perspective, she's she being terribly taken advantage of. Yeah. Kathy okay.
2: Lena, Kathy will stand back from there and sing for you. You mean she'll be back at the curtain singing and I'll be out in front doing like in the picture. That's right. What? You gotta do it, Kathy. This thing is too big. Of course she's got to do it. She's got a five-year contract with me. Get over to that microphone, Selden. You heard of Kathy. Now do it!
0: I'll do it, Don.
2: I'll do it. But I never want to see you again. On or off the screen.
0: And the way that she just says to Don, like, I'm going to do it, but I don't ever want to see you again. There's such strength in that, Yeah, you know, I don't need you and I don't want you anymore. Right.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. And my impulse was to compare her to Carrie Fisher. Right. <laughs> I had that same impulse. How but weird is that? I yeah. was just very, yeah, it's it's a very Princess Leia, but like in a way that is so different and so unique. Um, And then she was only 19, which is crazy. She makes the movie for I, honestly. Gene Kelly, good for him, like he did a great job. <laughs> uh, the movie feels a little uh masturbatory for Gene Kelly, but for me, the movie is Donnie O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds. Like, that's where those are the characters that I just love in mm. this movie. What will bring me back is Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connor. I could even see myself skipping broadway melody well that that i wrote in my
0: notes i'm like this one's kind of losing me yep <laughs> the broadway melody um i actually haven't watched a lot of classic musicals um yeah. like, like the mgm period like hollywood musicals right. i really haven't seen that many i've never seen yeah. american in paris me which neither. almost makes me think we I don't probably, have any right to right. talk about probably can't. this but um my understanding is that was kind of a typical thing in those musicals was where they would always have kind of a showpiece number that yeah. didn't have a whole lot to do with anything. Not to say that that excuses it, but yeah. it's almost like it's, it's just sort annoying. of part of the genre. Which is another thing I think is is uh, is interesting to think about with this movie is it wasn't really trying to be a groundbreaking movie. right? You know, like yeah. it was just another musical. It was, and it was in fact, it was sort it of a It was musical... a handful of
1: songs right. that already existed and were popular and they had to write a story around right. it.
0: Right. It's pretty impressive that like we can watch it now... And there's, like, one scene where we're like, yeah, that got hung up on the trappings of the other musicals of the day, you know? Right. Um, I could probably take or leave that whole thing, except for the scene
1: where he's dancing
0: with Sid Charisse, and there's that...
1: That That train? Yes. Billowing? Mm -hmm. Oh, my... That's an unreal... That's just
0: the technicality of that is like, I can't believe that was captured on film. Yeah. You know, like, like we, that, that scene belongs there just Uh so
1: we have it on film. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you look, yeah. I mean, you look at it and it takes, it took me a while to be like, oh, whoa, wait. Like there's gotta be fans
0: blowing very specifically Mm -hmm. and they just have to have their marks and their Mm -hmm. timing down so perfectly to get that. Yeah. Train, I guess, was called it. Yeah, the, yeah. The, just a long, flowing fabric to just blow the right way and move between
1: them. And I was reading in, of course, IMDb trivia that she, uh, like, that almost blew her over. Like, said Charisse, the, Therese, the yeah, dancer, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was such a heavy. It was like fifty feet of fabric, but yeah, just I, I can still see that image in my mind. Yeah, um, you're right. That almost does make the whole scene worth it.
0: What's what's kind of weird is that, you know, how, for how much we've talked about, how much we love Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, and Debbie Reynolds, the one person who actually did win an Oscar for this movie we haven't even talked yeah, about yet, Gene Hagen, Gene Hagen uh, who's good. My feeling is that she probably won that Oscar because people at the time knew her voice wasn't like that. Yeah. And so they were like, it's kind of one of those like, well, that's impressive, which is really funny <laughs> to me. Like, that's what's impressive. Right. <laughs> she really
1: changed her voice. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds learned how to dance, (laughs) right? (laughs) But okay, so let's let's give Gene Hagen some uh, attention, some attention. Yeah, Lena Lamont. Right, she She is kind of the closest thing you have to a villain in this movie. Right, she did win the Oscar. Uh, It's a funny performance. She really um, sells that character. Like, I really don't. I feel like it's a character that could have been really over the top. And uh, archetypal and Mm -hmm. terrible, but Mm -hmm. I don't find her to be that. (laughs) Right.
2: You wouldn't want to call the papers and say that Lena Lamont is a big, fat liar. Lena,
1: did you send this stuff
2: out? I gave an exclusive story to every paper in town. Lena, you'll never get away with it. Rod, call the papers back. I wouldn't do that if I were you, R.A. Don't tell me what to do, Lena. What do you think I am, dumb or something? I had my lawyer go over my contract. Contract? Yeah. And I control my publicity, not you. Yeah? Yeah. The studio's responsible for every word printed about me. If I don't like it, I can sue. What? I can sue. If you tell the papers about Kathy Seldon, it would be detrimental and deleterious to my career.
1: (laughs) She knows how to get ahead. She's... Savvy. It's business. Yeah. It's show business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and I think, I think a, a a worse performance would have made that seem super implausible. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's true. Because I don't think you're, you're sort of
0: denying that that was, mm-hmm. you know, in, within her capabilities as a character, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Because you, you see her with Don and how she, um is using their relationship just like he is but she's at least smart enough to never let it break like never yeah. let her guard down the most
0: tragic figure in the whole movie you get the sense that like you know the coda to this movie is just sunset boulevard <laughs> <laughs> yeah her career is over after that movie you know yeah. or after that, the last scene in this and singing in the rain
1: right you know? yeah that is pretty tragic but uh We're not supposed to think about that too much, (laughs) obviously. But she's one of the funnier characters in the movie and and sustains the comedy. Um, But she kind of has to be the straight man, but also this over-the-top sort of character, which is not common for the straight man. Like the butt of the joke is not usually so over-the-top like this. And she pulls it off very well, as as well as all that um, kind of conniving scheming that she pulls off, which doesn't come out of nowhere and isn't out of place with her character and speaking of comedy uh that was inherent in lena lockwood uh just in general this movie is much funnier than i remember it being especially the opening scene just the the satire of hollywood gossip columns and that sort of thing The the movie's a lot more biting in a way than I'd expect. It's, it's very aware of the artificiality
0: not only of movies themselves, but of Hollywood culture. Yeah. Like it's it, and, mm-hmm. and it's just putting it all on, on display, I think. But, yeah. And, but with a with a wink mm-hmm. in a way that even people who are in Hollywood would, would find charming and find something in it that's you know mm-hmm. worth laughing at but still celebrating you right
1: know? Uh, yeah but then like the song beautiful girls yes that that's supposed to be a joke right like, yes i can't Im- like I yeah wrote, I it like, is but i i think that's it's a pretty vicious joke too it's just straight up taking everything vacuous about how hollywood portrays and treats women right putting them on this display. Yeah, literally you know? putting them on display in the <laughs> right. different versions of Three a woman you can have.
2: With a suit of tweed. It started quite a riot. And if you must wear fox to the opera, dame fashion says diet. Black is best when you're in court. The judge will be impressed. But white is right when you're a bride.
1: fits so smoothly in as a Hollywood movie musical number that it also is in a way deconstructing or just attacking that idea of what what movie musicals have done in the past to women. And uh, yeah, I just found it to be a lot more... Rich in its commentary to be uh, a little grandiose with my language um, than I remember it being. Well, I think you're right, though, because I mean, there is that opening
0: scene, which in itself, the comedy is in everything you're seeing that actually happened is the exact opposite of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So his whole success story is fabricated. I just think that it deals with that understanding that what you're seeing on the movies is a facade very well, because even later on, there's mm-hmm. when they're filming the silent movie. And he's talking to Lena and they're supposed to be looking like they're so in love with each other. And they're saying like the most vicious things to one another, you know, and then later on, even I think when it gets to the dancing numbers. So, for instance, in that, again, bring it up that you were meant for me song. It's it's almost like it's using this understood facade of movie production. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that everything there is, you know, it's a prop or it's it's all fake. And it's sort of like using that to frame the characters in what's actually happening. Right. You know? And so, I don't know. I feel like the by doing it that way, if you were sort of cynical about the love story in there, mm-hmm. it, it was giving you permission to just get swept up in it. Yeah. Because if you were questioning whether you should get swept up in this or not because, oh, it's just got this very romantic feel to it, mm-hmm. you're like, well, of course it does because it's all he just fake. Showed you you're on a, how he you're, you're on a the movie. You're, yeah, he just showed you. You know, he basically just peeled back the curtain and said, mm-hmm. "This is how we manipulate your emotions." But still, at least in this movie, this is a very real thing that's happening within right. that. You know,
1: I also kind of felt. I, I don't know how I feel about this. This might. This might be over analyzing, or it might be for a different conversation or essay or something. But like the idea that he Don as a character needs that artificiality. Mm to express himself cuz i i don't remember exactly what he says but he says something like this isn't the right setting for me to say these things and it was just real life yeah they were outside the studio building and he said this isn't the right setting and he takes her in and it is supposed to be like magical cuz she's this you know not very experienced film actress and for all the lights to be on her and for her to have the 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 fan blowing her hair and the moonlight to be on her this is all very like you know, romantic for her and and making her feel special. But there's also this thing in my mind as I watch it, I'm like, oh, but he can't be real with anybody mm-hmm. ever. Like, yeah. Don has to have artificiality in order for himself to feel comfortable. Right. He has to have a sheen and a veneer, um, which may or may not be something the movie's actually saying. I would be surprised if it was. Because it is kind of interesting that his love uh, and relationship with Lena was all fake, but he couldn't tell... Kathy that he loved her unless everything was fake (laughs) like right I don't
0: know I think it is intentionally playing with some of those ideas though that might actually be where uh there is a strong connection between singing in the rain and la la land yeah one of the parts I was going to point out that is I think a direct reference in la la land is singing in the rain is this the scene where they are just sort of uh walking through three different movie sets right next to each other in sing in the rain mm-hmm. you know and it's just sort of this idea of like they're just cranking these things out right and especially in the silent era that was super easy to do because you did you could be as loud as you wanted to be yeah right you, next could of, you could film a, a
1: train <laughs> scene next to
0: uh you, oh, you know like, a, like have a big shootout of a western right next to like a silent love scene right and, you know yeah la la land has a very similar scene but the funny thing is because it's modern day and there is sound they walk in front of a, a production, but they have to whisper their dialogue mm-hmm. <laughs> because they have to be very quiet. <laughs> right, but it's it's still this idea, and 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 uh, I think even another movie from this year, Hail Caesar, plays mm-hmm. with it too. Mm-hmm. It's just this idea of like the people who work in Hollywood. It's much more of a job yeah. than 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 we maybe as viewers would like to think of it as. Right, you know? and how much of it really is high art? Yeah. and how much of it is just a business you know you got a character like Don Lockwood just someone who sees himself as doing a job yeah but Gene Kelly as the actual choreographer mm. and you know someone who really took dance very seriously was injecting so much art into that movie so it's sort of like right. playing with this idea of like how much of Hollywood is just putting out stuff yeah <laughs> going to work yeah and how much of it is actually putting all of yourself into it, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That feels like a much more modern idea to really, like, break it down.
0: Sure. I think, and maybe this is, again, just me bringing in too, like more depth than was actually being, but, but what it made me think of is the artifice that's in the movies often shows itself in odd ways in real life as well. Singing in the Rain is showing you. This is how we create real life mm-hmm. in the movies, you know? maybe you're not literally jumping in puddles because you fell in love, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but boy, isn't that just like the idea you want in your head of that, right. you know? Isn't it great to see somebody doing that? Yeah. Isn't that the perfect representation of what mm-hmm. you're actually feeling, you Yeah. Know? And it's artificial, but right. who cares? <laughs> like, right. It's great, you know? Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why I think this has to be a five-star film, at least for me, mm-hmm. is when you really stop to think about movies, and who knows if movies as we know them will be how long they'll be around for. Will we always have movies? Right. You know, I can't think of a better movie that I would want hundreds and hundreds of years from now when someone's like trying to teach someone. This is what a movie was. Mm-hmm. And not just because Singing in the Rain is obviously going to show you this is how movies were made. made yeah. <laughs> but more because like this is this is like the best we could show you of that represents what movies are you know like and what they're for what they're for what they can do for you Mm -hmm. the way that they can actually like soothe you i think Mm -hmm. like there's something soothing about singing in the rain Mm -hmm. and also on the technical level of seeing humanity do things like seeing the acrobatics of what a human being could do (laughs) and synchronous and showing music and how music was a part of humanity Mm -hmm. like it's all there yeah. if you look at the other 10 films that are on the afi list you know the citizen Kane show the best of humanity <laughs> right. no, certainly not right. it's a fantastic wonderful film uh maybe casablanca uh, but like you know the godfather gone with the wind none of these are movies that i would want people sure. years and years and years from now as like they don't match singing in the rain for yeah. me as far as like what is just a joyful representation of humanity and what you can do with film Hmm. but Broadway Melody's really long. <laughs> yeah, and I know those aliens years from now watching Singing in the Rain are going to think that exact same thing. Say or like, maybe that's like, all they'll like. fit in?
1: Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it's all like they will esoteric like. Esoteric and they like things that are disjointed. No, that's a really great point. This movie does, uh, I think cynicism is probably the only uh, kryptonite to enjoying this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's where my mind was a little bit too much when I was watching it and thought to drop it from four and a half. <laughs> um because in light of everything we've talked about, the idea that one very impressive dance sequence goes on too long and doesn't fit very well with the rest of the movie sure. is a small complaint. Could be a half star me. complaint. Could be a half star complaint, but I don't think I, I don't think so. Because, genuinely, I mean, I, I said it earlier. I'm, Debbie Reynolds is keeping it up there. Like I just keep yeah. seeing her expressions. I keep seeing her movement. I keep hearing her her dialogue, and it's
0: just man. So, um, I did I did just want to talk briefly about La La Land, um, and just say that if you're planning on watching Singing in the Rain and then watching La La Land immediately after, um. I don't know if I would recommend that (laughs) because (laughs) only because, hey, La La Land's a great movie, I thought. I thought I actually liked it a lot. Um, But seeing La La Land highlights how amazing the dance sequences are in Singing in the Rain. Oh, In a way, because there's nothing even against the sequences in La La Land. It just kind of shows you how almost superhuman (laughs) the, the Singing in the Rain sequences are. I give Damien Chazelle a lot of credit for also just like in in the rain using the camera. These dance sequences are working with the camera and Mm -hmm. it's a film musical, but sometimes he's using the camera to kind of hide certain things as well. There's no singing in the rain, Yeah, (laughs) but I like what it's doing. I hope La La Land touches enough people to where we, we kind of see more things like it.
1: Well, cool. I'm excited to see La La Land. You've, 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 uh, you've, talked me off the ledge of dropping singing in the rain a half star wow my work is done i'm gonna keep it, i'm gonna keep it at four and a half i don't yeah. i just don't think that i um i i don't think i've given myself over to it as fully as you have but well, I, I we talked about five see, stars before yeah, yeah something something see
0: something unique really has can, to happen when you're watching something to, yeah. a movie to, to give it five stars i think mm-hmm. I agree. So are we? Uh, we good. We're best best buds. buds. Yeah, we're best buds. It's not, it's not complicated. No, no. It's, it's further than a mutual understanding.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I feel. Uh, I, I'm sorry that I I I went and set new precedent in not giving a, an updated rating. But I definitely. But now like you're more assured be. where you're at. Yes, I am. I am glad I am. we were able to. The judges are nodding their heads. They so. are. Oh wow! Vigorously. <laughs> Calm down, guys. <laughs> All right. It's, well, why don't we? They're uh, also mi- telling us to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you. We were going to do a big Broadway melody dance number right we now. We were, but
1: they're telling us we don't have time
0: and the piano player left. All right. Well, then uh, if that's the case, and uh, I guess we better wrap up. Yeah. I guess we'll just, uh, why don't we talk about what we're going to be discussing in the next episode?
1: Well, with the Oscars coming up, we're going to, I think we always do this. Yeah. We it's always kind of do January, yeah. February. We, we we lean on the Oscars, so we're going to talk about Oscars past. And uh, <laughs> there have only been three movies that have won eleven Oscars. They share the uh, the, the record for most Oscars. One that is Ben Hur, mm-hmm. uh, Lord, of, Lord the of the Rings, Return of the King, right? And the third is celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year. And what a coincidence! The movie we're going to be doing for our next episode, Titanic. I have never seen Titanic. How, I don't understand how you got by
0: not seeing Titanic. Like how you sort of slipped by. I don't it know. It was such a
1: phenomenon, you know. I know. Like I was fully aware of it. Like I know that Titanic was a huge <laughs> yes, deal, right. and I remember the hype and all that. And uh, you know, James Cameron yelling, "I am king of the world." When he won Best Director. Oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, there was that. Oh yeah, and you've seen Titanic. <laughs> maybe you've <laughs> maybe really I've seen, seen it and I've I've only yeah. seen I've seen it for what it is. <laughs> um <laughs> PG thirteen and our rules were so strict in my right. house. I was thirteen and I still couldn't see a PG thirteen movie. And
0: it's probably especially Titanic because I still don't really know. I don't really know how that got that PG thirteen, which I'm sure we will discuss. The same way I don't understand how you slipped by not seeing Titanic. I don't understand yeah, how Titanic there's slipped just a by. A lot of mystery surrounding <laughs> <Right>. Titanic. <Yeah. laughs> the R rating. Yeah. yeah, and I certainly saw it quite a bit in high school. So you saw it
1: quite a bit. Like I did because I it saw several... it
0: twice in the theater. Boy, and then I and then my my house my household just had that dual VHS Titanic box, and so I did watch it a few times when it came out on video too. But I haven't seen it since. I have no idea how this movie is going to hold up. Yeah. Over 20 years. 20
1: years. Uh, And I also remember, we'll talk about this next time, (laughs) 97 (laughs) was a big year for me movie-wise. Oh, okay. As far as my memory. Okay. So we'll talk about that. Um, So we'll have to, we're going to
0: jump back into the 90s era of our nostalgia. Yeah. But I have no nostalgia about Titanic. Anyway, well, I, it'd be weird to have nostalgia about a movie you've never seen.
1: No, I do have memories <laughs> surrounding it. it'll be it'll be a, another conf, not not confession, <laughs> okay. but like about Titanic or about that year, both uh, everything nineties about, about the night I was okay. on my way to see Titanic and didn't
0: really. <laughs> yeah, okay. Does you don't want to talk? Th- do we need? Do we not want to do this movie? No, it's fine. Okay, it's uh, it's fine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, i'm intrigued now i can't wait to do this episode i bet, I bet you are <laughs> you I just like even. left us on a huge cliffhanger i know at the end of this episode i know what and happened you know what the you night ryan was you know what's go interesting
1: i have told many people that i've never seen titanic i have never told anybody that i was on my way to see titanic and, and one time happen. and didn't see it wow that's the first time i've ever told anybody that
0: this Episode will be confessional. It's not confessional,
1: okay. But it's probably going to be psychologically revealing or okay. something. Okay. All right. That night is very vivid in my memory. It was kind of a terrible night. <laughs> okay.
0: Jeez. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I, well, I
1: I hope you can watch Titanic with sort of I have a it's, fresh.
0: It's slate. Yeah, I don't clean think slate. it's Titanic. That. Who knows. For someone our age, yeah, to be able to talk about Titanic, having just seen it for the first time, is a is a rare thing to find. Yeah. I think, and I'm excited to do that.
1: And it's also kind of a big thing, like this. It's not something that I think there was a time where I prided myself. I've never seen Titanic. <laughs> like <laughs> you, roots. are you okay with not being able to right. say that? I don't I know. That's that's actually something I'll need to think about. We mean we may be putting out a brief uh, adjustment episode just yeah ryan has not been able to give this up we're gonna watch something else (laughs) we thought it was a good
0: idea we had to retract that no i'm fine
1: i'm fine with it settle in it's a long one yeah that's what i hear two vhs do i have to watch it on vhs we will see how this episode goes first you said we should do it and i was like sounds good And then I said the thing I said that I've never told anybody, and now I'm. And then the idea of me not being able to say I haven't seen Titanic anymore came up, and I suddenly have trepidation. Second thoughts. I don't know. Cold feet. Yeah. Cold Titanic feet, as (laughs) if you're in the icy appropriate, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The water is rising, and my feet and ankles are chilly now. That's right, Ryan. I will will think about how much I'll share. I guarantee. I can
0: guarantee your heart will go on. You watch this. (laughs) that, why did that make me yeah. laugh and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you this necklace I hate you for making me laugh at that <laughs> I'm going to give you this necklace to wear while you're watching it and I want you to wear only that necklace
1: oh I for the this. record he has asked me to wear only that necklace for every episode we've done but this is the most fitting yeah this is
0: the time I'm sure a lot of you out there have seen Titanic before. I'm not going to necessarily say you need to watch it again because it's probably just been so ingrained in your mind if you watched it as much as a lot of the other people did 20 years ago. But, Thanks, but I think that uh, you know, if you want to join along in our conversation, I think it would be good to revisit. So I, think I hope we've
1: I think we've proven, categorically proven. That it's important to watch movies you used to love and see whether you still love Yeah, them if there's one thing this podcast
0: it. has shown, it's shown that there's some odd value in that. Yeah. So please watch it with us um, yeah. and uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you, you know, before we record even. Just uh, yeah. get your thoughts. And there's a lot of ways to do that on this podcast. Right. Um, there's our website. Uh-huh. CanWeStillBeFriends.net is the website. It is. Uh, most people don't go to websites anymore, though. They tend to just stick to social media. Websites uh, were really popular in 97, 20 years yeah. ago, when Back Titanic when was...
1: still had AOL keywords. Yep.
0: Dial-up. Right. Um, so if you're still on dial-up, that is the best way to get to us. Mm-hmm. But if you're not... Social media feeds would be a nightmare. Yeah. Social media is... But we do uh, have those, yeah. There too, if you need it. So we're on Twitter, Facebook. Twitter. Facebook. Uh, we'd love to just hear from you your thoughts on Titanic. You know, uh, were you... Uh, did you have that big Leo poster in your room? I know I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can also call and give us your best uh, Celine Dion. Uh, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, the number, if you would like to do that, is 847-306-9532. Give us a call. Love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Or you could talk about Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Um, Did or you any to- of our other episodes, if you're listening to Back Catalog.
0: It's never too late no, to jump through not. those
1: archives and, you know,
0: jump into those archives and Jump around. Jump around those archives. (laughs) Wait in those archives. Yeah, just splash. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we do want to just thank you for listening because you know what? There are thousands and thousands of podcasts out there. And so the fact that you just happened to pick ours and actually listen to it and listen to it all the way to the end. To this point. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. I just want to thank you for doing that. You guys are the the real heroes. Yes. Uh, If you do like what you're hearing, just let your friends know. Let your family know. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. that that helps it does and uh thanks for listening thank you we'll see you next time not see ya we'll we'll catch you next time we'll talk
1: to you